What's up, guys? I am so happy you're here. I'm your host, Katrina Richardson, and you're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, where we take a look at the painful things that we go through in life and discover how God can use them for a purpose, for His purpose. My prayer through this podcast is that you will be reminded on a weekly basis that even though times are hard, and just because you don't understand all the whys, doesn't mean God can't use this and turn it into a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So let's get started. All right. So today I am talking to Angela, Angela, Angela Paganelli, who has gone full circle when it comes to just her experience with foster care. Um, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. She's been a foster youth herself, had a daughter placed in foster care and has become a foster and adoptive mama and founded Foster Blessings, which is something that we're going to spend a good majority of today talking about. Um, But Angela, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, no problem. This is absolutely amazing. So go ahead and just take us back to the very beginning of your journey and how you first got involved in foster care. Uh, Yep. So um, foster care for me began when I was 13. My sister and I were living at a homeless shelter with um, our mother and she went to the doctors. And next thing we knew, our aunt and uncle were walking up the walkway. And of course, you know, something's wrong. That's all you know. Something is not right. Uh, Turns out she had gone into a coma and it was in a medically induced coma because she had a stroke. And so uh, we went to live with them. And I can't watch the first 10 minutes of Frozen because my sister and I are in the bathroom. We've never slept apart. We've never slept in the dark. We've never slept without a TV on. And I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, sleep against my wall. And she's like, okay. So I laid against my wall. She laid against her wall. And there we slept as best we could that first night. Um, Our aunt and uncle, in a moment's notice, they were retired. They were um, done raising children. Their, Their girls were like in their late 20s. And they were sitting there drinking their coffee, reading the paper, and they got a call. Do you want these children? And they said, yes. And my sister was five. You know, she was just going into kindergarten, but I was 13 and I was a mess. I mean, we had lived in a really tumultuous five, six years. My mother had gotten sick. And so she was in and out of the hospital. So I basically raised my sister. Um, And so that's where my journey started. Um, and then I was actually placed in a therapeutic home after doing a whole bunch of trauma related incidents. Um, and the, the therapeutic home mom was quite a bit taller than me and she just got down into my face and she said, this is yours. Everything here is yours. This couch, this living room, she showed me how to use the water dispenser, just all of it. And it just disarmed me. And I spent two weeks there and just felt completely at home. Um, and then I was sent to the residence that I was going to. Okay, man. Okay. And so then going from that kind of the opposite perspective of being in foster care and being taken care of, you had your daughter taken away from you. Can you tell us about that real quick? Um, yep. So I got married young and I had a few people in my life that were saying this might not be a good idea, but of course love is blind. And so we got married very quickly and I got pregnant very quickly about six months after our daughter was born. So we had been married about a year and a half, maybe um, my husband came home and said, I'm done. I have a girlfriend. I've had lots of girlfriends and I'm leaving. 
and the rent was due and we had no car and I was a bit of a mess. Um, and I would love to say, yes, my faith carried me. I was this like super Christian. No, it was bad. It was bad. Um, you know, very depressed, obviously very heartbroken and um, spent a couple of months like in just a really dark place. Several months after that, I was kind of coming out of the pit. I was doing really well. I had a good job, um, got a new car. All these wonderful things were happening. And I'm at my job and I see a white car pull in and there's a cop behind it. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And a CPS worker came in and said, we're taking your daughter. I was completely floored. Um, my ex-husband had made an allegation against me, a very serious one, mainly because um, he didn't like the new guy that I was seeing, which, I mean, he did have a record and all these wonderful things, but so did I. And so I was not about to be the first one to cast the stone. Um, he was really getting his life together, you know, just like, just like I was. And so um, they took her, they took her out of my arms and they put her in a car seat in a car. And I had no idea where she was going. I didn't know if she was going to be hungry and they wouldn't know what her crime meant. I didn't know if she was going to be cold that night. There was just so many things all night swimming through my head and just that hopelessness and helplessness that I felt when they took her out of my arms. Like there was nothing that I could have done in that moment to stop them. And the next morning I found out she had been staying at my mother-in-law's. So I was able to see her and things got resolved very quickly. It was an unfounded case, um, obviously. And the judge had quite the field day with him in court actually. Um, and so, but whenever we get a child, I think of that birth mom who is laying in her bed. She's crying. She's like, her stomach hurts as she's shaking. It's a horrible feeling. Horrible. And how old was your daughter when that happened? Six months. Wow. That's an, that's a great perspective for you to have as well, because you know, a lot of people, they get into doing foster care and they get excited when a child arrives at their door, but it's hard to think about the opposite and what's going on with that birth family. And sometimes it is unfounded. Um, so, okay. So you were in foster care. Your daughter was taken shortly, but still taken from you into the system. And then you turned around and started fostering and adopting. So what made you want to get on the other side of it and bring children into your home? Um, so one thing, I'm sorry, she was about nine months old at that point, maybe even 10 okay. months um, he, he left when she was six months old. Um, so, uh, my kids wanted a sibling uh -huh. and, um, we were struggling with infertility and, um, a woman came up to me at church and she said, I had a dream that you had a little boy in your home. And I got really angry and in my head, I'm like, how dare you? Like, why would you do that? That's not okay. Right. Uh -huh. So I don't know, a couple months later, we're talking about foster care and we're like, you know, we really want to do this. And so I Google, you know, I actually did the work for this time and I Googled foster care in Dutchess County and this woman's name popped up and she was the liaison between the families and the county. And I was like, wow, that was weird. Okay. So called the next day. She's like, yep, I'll get you the paperwork. And I was like, just trying to get information. <laughs> <But> <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to fill out some paperwork. But, you know, as time goes, the paperwork sits in the desk, right? You just, yep. it does. And, you know, we had three kids and, you know, it was just a busy time or homeschooling and whatever. And um, every now and again, I'd like pull it out and look at it and be like, okay, oh, hey, get the, da, 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 you know, whatever, and stuff it back in there. And um, 
my sister-in-law, who was not a believer, said, I want you to go to this concert with me across the street from my job. And I was like, okay, you know, night off, yay, woo. And it was John Waller um, while I'm waiting. Okay. And the entire conference was about adoption and foster care. And, or the concert, I'm sorry, not the conference. And I just sat there like, oh my goodness, this is, wow. So I go home, I'm like, Rick, I really think we need to do this. And he's like, I know, I just don't fill out paperwork. He's like, <laughs> that's stopping us. And I was like, right. Okay. So, you know, we did all the things, we checked all the boxes. Um, and then of course, the one thing that we were concerned about was that we both had records. Um, I mean, his was like, his is extensive. It's from 20 something many years ago. Um, nothing violent, mostly like, you know, drug related. Um, and so did I. And so, you know, went to the worker and I'm like, full disclosure, this is what's happening. And she said, as long as it's nothing violent, this is the people that we want because you get it you got off of drugs, you got like hope, you found it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like enlightening for me, like, oh, okay, yeah, right. We're going to use our testimony in this, you know, in this field. And so, um, yeah, so they approved us and we got our first little kid. Oh, that's awesome. How did your uh, children react to it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we were at co-op um, and three other families took the class with us mm -hmm. and we were all in the same co-op and so we're at co-op and we all got the call at the same time that we were getting a child oh my um, goodness we were like I'm gonna get a kid and she's like I'm gonna get a kid it was like, <laughs> um and so you know went and pulled my kids out of the classroom and I'm like what do you guys think and they're like yeah like this is what we've been doing this for like right and I called my husband he's like oh my gosh this is so crazy you know we have to go pick him up from the children's home on Friday you know like it's so weird to think like I'm gonna go pick up a child you know like yeah thing it's like it's a child um mm -hmm. and so we we have this tradition that we did for all the kids was we took a picture on the last night as a five-person family mm -hmm. and then you know when we got the child okay now we're a six-person family then seven well back down to six you know all over the place but we have mm -hmm. lots of pictures of like the transitions you know between mm -hmm. all of the comings and goings that have happened over the last eight years so that's cool are y'all still doing foster care we just closed okay Oh, wow. Eight years. That's awesome, though. So now the like the main thing we're going to talk about is this ministry that you founded Foster Blessings. What is that? Where did that come from? Give me everything. So we had one call. It was about eight o'clock at night on a Friday. We were seasoned. This was like probably child 15, 16, something like that. Like we were, you know, we I was like, nothing's going to rock me at this point. Right. Like I got this. So she comes at about 1130. She had been to the hospital. She had been medically cleared, everything. Um, but she had gotten sick in the car because she was <laughs> like that, you know, that. Mm -hmm. um, so we kept the lights really low, gave her a bath, but she wouldn't lay anywhere. So I sat in our living room and I just sat her on my lap and just stroked her hair and, you know, rubbed her back. And she fell asleep like that and stayed there all night. Next morning, I wake up. We have lots of windows and I look down and there's bugs in her hair and I'm like oh, okay so I try as hard as I can not to freak out I pick her up I put her on a stool I'm like here's a lollipop like just sit there please um and I called her pediatrician now we had not been given the medical clearance for her and this um secretary thank god did not care and she just told me outright she had had lice six times that year and she was now immune to all medication 
So we were going to have to like literally nitpick. Um, so for two weeks, we sat there with the comb in my fingers and just one by one by one over and over and over again. And my daughters and I, we have very long hair. So we were kind of in quarantine. Um, a friend of mine, as I'm sitting outside with her on a stool picking away, she looks over and she's, you know, I kind of started to look a little bit weird. Next night, she brought us dinner. And I was like, this is genius. Okay, hold on. Because the church is so great about, you know, baby showers and meal trains and all that kind of stuff when a family has a baby. But foster care, like we have hours, you know, we don't have the nine months. We have like two hours and we're like, okay, we're checking with family members, we're finding beds, we're figuring out formula, you know, all of it. And so I just, I just was like, this is, this is genius. Um, and so went to our elder board and I was like, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, the one thing our church is awesome about is that they're like, here's your budget. If you have an idea, here's your budget. So like we have a ministry called Church Without Walls where we go out into the community and do um, like yard work or painting or things like somebody has cancer or make a meals, like that kind of thing. Um, there's a school that was started there. Like people with ideas, they're like, here you go, run with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's like, we're just going to make some meals for these foster families. And that's where it, that's where Foster Blessing started. So what are y'all doing now? Three years ago. And like I said, we started with the meals. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funny things is that one of the first nights that my sister and I were in care, um, we had sp- spinach and salmon. We're like, we're going to starve here. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> we are definitely not it out, right? School lunches are going to save us. Um, and so one of the things that's really important to me is the kids have a familiar dinner. And so the first thing that we have done is pizza delivered to the family. Um, and we use the slice app. So everything is covered, tip and everything is covered. Um, and then we have two churches in our area that we work with and their freezers are both completely stocked and they have a cupboard filled with diapers and wipes and all that kind of wonderful stuff. And so that day of pizza also gives us a buffer to say, okay, which church is closer and who's available on each delivery team to do the delivery. Um, and so we live like um, Poughkeepsie is like our center and we all fight over it because everyone's like, I want to go to Poughkeepsie. Like it's like the city of like Dutchess County. Um, and so um, whatever team, whatever church is closer, they do the delivery, they pack up the meals, um, which are used to be homemade, but COVID now we do like Sam's club, but it's just literally you put it into the oven and you throw everything away. Um, we send paper plates, plastic forks, plastic cups, juice. So there's no prep, no cleanup, um, for three days with the pizza and then the two meals. Um, we also send the diapers and the wipes. And now we have um, treasure boxes, which are uh, their photo boxes, but they have designs on the outside from Hobby Lobby. So like one is dinosaurs, one's mermaids, but they're all filled by the community. Um, Calvary Chapel of the Hudson Valley actually filled the last batch. And it's the coolest thing, right? Like the kids get there and, and they have this, this space that's now theirs, right? This is my box. I can put whatever I want into my box. And, and that's my thing. Um, and so I know just that feeling of like, like what's mine, what's not mine, you know, kind of thing when you move in, that's just a super important piece. Um, and then we came up with um, adoption parties, which is when a family adopts in our county or even outside our county, doesn't really matter. They invite friends, family, whoever they want to church. We have a time of prayer for them. Um, the elders get up and pray for them. We have a little gift for them. And then we have a, a specialized cake like with their name and James 127 on it. Um, and all they can just stay for like cake and coffee and snacks and stuff afterwards have a great time of fellowship. 
Um, and that's just to say, okay, the adoption day, everyone disappears. Like your caseworker's gone, your home finder's gone, your lawyer's gone, everybody is just gone. And so we're like, we're still in your corner. We're still here for you. We're, we're going to support you. We're not going to drop you like everybody else. Um, and so that just kind of tells them like, yeah, let's keep doing this. Let's keep supporting each other. Um, and then that led to our support group, our virtual support group. And um, this upcoming one that we have, it's, it's topical. Mm-hmm. And so the one that we're having upcoming is a friend of mine has a podcast in North Carolina. It's called FASD Hope. And it is all about fetal alcohol syndrome. Her son has been diagnosed with it. And she literally wrote the book on it. Um, she knows so much. So she's going to be our key speaker for that night. And then we have like lots of question and answer kind of time. You know, we pray for all the families um, and it's just it's awesome. You know, it's a great way to connect all the people that we deliver to and all the people that follow us. If they want to jump in, if it's a topic that they're like, Oh wait, I struggle with this, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it's a good way to, to connect them. Okay. So first with the meals that you guys do, that, I think that's such a brilliant idea because there's so many people that want to help children in the foster care system, but they're not either willing or able to open up their homes. And this is a perfect, like hands-on approach. Like, let me get involved. Um, and then the adoption party is just like, I haven't personally been through it, but I can see what you're saying of, you know, how like you need that support still, you're still walking this uncharted territory and just knowing you have those people that have also been through it, that are going through it. And just that ongoing support is just incredible. So what would you say is your vision for foster blessings? I would say the church just getting the church to rally around the foster and adoptive families in their communities. Like we go to every MAP training class and, you know, we speak at every class. Um, I actually just authored a book about this, um, which I think will be out in November. And, you know, just, just, it's a call to churches that we're commanded to be involved in this. And we are told to basically find the orphan, you know, the orphan, you know, I know America likes pretty, right? So we don't think of like orphans in America, but we have children's homes and we have orphanages in America, but you know, they, they look like homes and they look like houses. And so we just drive by them and don't think anything, but um, there are kids in America whose biological children cannot, or biological parents cannot raise them. And they're on our kids' soccer teams and they're in our kids' schools. And so there is a huge unseen world out there Um and I think the church needs to be way more involved. Um, you know, I, I think that um, when situations arise within the community, I, I always think the church should be the first one to step up and offer aid and offer help. Absolutely. Um, and so this, like you said, this also gives legs to those who say like, oh, I can't foster, I can't adopt, but I do want to do something. And so what can I do? Um, mm-hmm. and the answer is, okay, you know what? You can buy a pizza. You can deliver a pizza. Package. You can, you know, however you want to get involved. When we have our cooking nights again, you can come help cook. Um, even just pray. Just please pray for, you know, our team, the people we deliver to, social workers, everybody involved. Um, and, it, and it's really making a huge impact on our county. You know, that's that's the that's the thing is that I think this is this isn't just Evangelical Free Church. This is like all of Dutchess County is being affected, and so you know, when churches pick this up, you're not just picking it up for your church, you're picking it up for your whole county. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and all you really need, and I've said this like a million times, you need a freezer and a good connection to the county. 
that's what you need to open a foster blessings. You know, if you're able to say, Hey, send some people my way. And you know, you have a large enough church where people will say, yeah, Hey, I'll, I'll bring some pizza over or not pizza, some um, meals over. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. It really runs itself. And then all the other stuff is just the extra, the support group and the adoption parties. That's all just extra. The base of it is the meals. So if someone's want, like listening to this and they're like, I want to get, I want to start this at my church. What would you suggest is like a good starting point? Um, so we are on Instagram at foster underscore blessings EFC. Um, we can be contacted on there. And um, 845-516-4218 is our phone number. And I mean, that's, it's our landline, but it's our ministry number. So, you know, if you want to start one, you can absolutely give me a call and I can get you all of the all of the paperwork that we use and all of the, you know, the different people that you would need and all that kind of great stuff. That's awesome. I'm so excited because you're, you're opening one in Ohio right now. Is that what you said? This is what we, um, we were contacted about a month and a half ago about um, from a woman in Ohio and she is a foster parent and she's like, yes, I want my church to do this. So she's meeting with her pastor and her elder board and, you know, all the steps that I took, you know, three years ago. <laughs> And, um, and yeah, and I mean, it, it literally takes, I mean, I, I think what we're going to end up doing is, um, so my co-leader's son is a huge social media guru. He's actually like Will Smith's like social media guy. Like he's like, does Disney Lamborghini. Like wow. Huge. Um, and I'm on him because I want him to make, um, almost like a promotion, a promotional for us, um, just to kind of give people like an idea of what, what this looks like exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so coming soon, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the plan. Um, we are, um, you know, just to kind of give everybody like, okay, we'll need like a person, if you're gonna do the cooking route, you know, we need a, a person to head up the kitchen, a person to head up donations. Um, I mean, for me, Sam's Club is just the easiest. Mm -hmm. Just by the Espec same. Especially with COVID, yeah. That is awesome. So you did mention real quick about you have a book coming out. Um, what is that about? When can we get it? Where can we get it? So it'll be everywhere. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the great places. Um, think about November. I just met with my editor a couple days ago. Um, she'll be getting the hard copy soon. So, um, but it's, it's this, you know, it's all about, you know, especially because the big part of this was being 13, losing my mother, I'm sitting in science class, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't pay attention much because, you know, my brain is frazzled. But the one thing I heard was that he asked us to put our hand up. And on the side of our hand, he said, there's a bump. I said, we're growing an extra finger. And he delved into evolution and how the Big Bang was just an accident. And this happened and this happened. And now here we are, we're humans. And as a kid sitting there going through what I was going through, I thought, I have no hope. I am just a bunch of cells sitting here and to find, to think that, you know, if I'm a foster kid, I'm in a foster home and the church is in my living room and the church is praying for me. That's going to change my perspective a little bit. That's going to change how I see humanity a little bit. And so when I was 16, I was sent up North to a school for troubled kids and um, it was a Christian school and Mercy came running, was playing, and I could not get to that altar fast enough. And so from that day on, you know, fully Christian, fully changed. Um, but, you know, just if I had heard people praying, people coming in, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. What? <laughs> you know, me? 
but why is it what oh jesus you know like it just, it's a game changer you know and so that's that's the whole goal really is is relationship and and showing people that you know god is real god is good and jesus loves them yeah you're getting these meals into these families but you're also more than that yeah showing the love of christ to them and showing these kids that don't necessarily know that there's like you said you know hope or love or anything like that oh I love that. All right. So before we close out, is there any last thing you want to say, maybe encouragement to those that are fostering or those that want to start something like this? I mean, really like going into foster care, you know, you see the movies, you see the shows, you know, and you, you see like the kid that's going like, to light your bed on fire and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We had 20 foster children. And I mean, yes, there were definitely challenges. I will, you know, obviously, but it's not like the movies portray it. It's really not, you know, I mean, there, of course, again, there are children who have, who have issues, but there's also therapeutic homes for those kids, right? Kids that come into care, they are traumatized. They have lost a parent. Yes, absolutely. But when you can offer them hope, it's, it's a total game changer. They go into a home where, you know, it's like, well, I don't know, the universe is spinning and they just spit you out into our house. You know, that's a totally different thing than Jesus placed you here. You know, Jesus wants you here. And so we don't know why, but we're going to pray for your birth mom. And we are going to, we're going to believe that God is going to, is going to do a great thing in her life. You know, and you hear these stories about like, you know, um, of children baptizing their birth parents, right. When they're like 20 years old, 25 years old, you know, and that's, that's the kind of thing we pray with the kids, you know, like we're going to pray for your parents. We don't know where they are. We don't know what's going on, but God does. And he loves them way more than we do. And so, you know, just offering that hope constantly it changes lots of things that's perfect that's perfect especially we're i don't know if you knew this uh, me and my husband just finished the foster care training process actually oh, i didn't know that yeah oh. our, la our, <laughs> our last training was tuesday um so we have that mountain of paperwork sitting right over there <laughs> um but that's just very encouraging to hear because you do think about those tv type negative scenarios you know and we're here to just be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so that's encouraging to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope that a lot of different foster blessings are started because of this and that, you know, just so many people are able to get involved with foster care and be those hands and feet of Jesus, because that is so important. Um, but thank you so much for talking with me today. And thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Thanks for tuning in to the Purpose Through Pain podcast today. I pray that you're walking away from this episode with hope and trusting God with whatever comes next for you or whatever you're walking through right now. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. And if you ever have any questions or have a topic that you want me to discuss, just shoot me a DM over on Instagram at katrina.r95. I hope I'll see you next week. And until then, remember that your pain isn't pointless. And God's got a beautiful purpose all planned out just for you.